Welcome to Financial Freedom 101. I'm your host, Robert, and this is episode 10. Today, we have a special guest joining us. I've invited another one of my UK Power Team members to join us and speak a little bit about what they do. So without any further ado, I would like to welcome Robin Martin of the Mortgage Tailors to the show. Robin, how are you doing today? I'm very well. Thank you very much, Robert. Yeah, thank you for uh, joining us. Yeah, my pleasure. Very nice of you to contact uh, London and have us to come along to your international show. No, I think think our listeners are going to get a lot out of this today. We've been bringing more and more about our property journey uh, into the podcast show, telling people what we're doing, helping them along their journey to financial freedom and bringing in our partners, having you guys describe what you do is just so important for them to uh, get an idea as they begin their journey. I can imagine. I remember when I was about 25 and I was going to do my own first mortgage in the UK and it, it was a complete minefield and I have never forgotten that and that is why I love dealing with first-time buyers in the UK or abroad. For me, it just brings back all those memories of me going to a colleague in my office and saying, how do I get a mortgage? Can you help me? And telling me everything about it. When, when we first started it, people kept asking all these questions. It's natural wanting to get the help and I mean, I've said it lots of times, I really like taking recommendations from people I know and talking with the people that they've worked with previously, because you're not starting from scratch. You have a baseline there that you can start from. Obviously, you do your own due diligence, but uh, yeah, bringing in people like you to talk on the show, introduce you to you know our listeners, our students, our friends, our colleagues, it gives them a starting position. Totally agree. As we've spoken on previous podcasts before, you know, having the right power team member is critical, especially you know, for us being overseas, we can't be in the UK. So we need to build that team up in the UK. People who like-minded as we are, people who understand what we are wanting to do, what our goals are, and having them help us on our journey is just critical. Like I said, we can't be there to do it ourselves. So we need somebody like you to be on our team that can do it for us or support us as we go through. So I want to start off this conversation. We've talked on a few occasions during the first mortgage I've done just recently. I know that you're just not a mortgage broker. You're just not helping people with mortgages, but you're an actual property investor yourself. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I I, um, fortunately started out uh, with one property and then at some point I just thought, what's the point in being so young with all this equity? I'm going to refinance and buy a second property and then a third and so on. But the motivation for that was very similar to some of your students, some of your clients, some of the international people that I deal with all the time. I wanted a passive income. You know, we, we can't keep running as hard as we yeah. did when we were 21. You know, we can't work 15 hours a day like we did when we were younger. Eight hours a day is kind of hard now. <laughs> oh, yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> you know, with children and yep. things to do. And, you know, you, you also want that life balance, that life yes. work balance where you get older. Uh, and I'm, I'm allowed to say that now. Yeah. As you get older, you, you start to think, well, hang on a minute. You know, if I want to take three hours off this afternoon and then I want to come back to work for a few hours, maybe it's possible. 
But if I want to do a four-day week, I can do it because, for example, if you've built up the passive income. So for me, it, it was very crucial as a financial consultant in the UK. What I'm preaching to my customers, invest your money, look after your money, look after your property. I was thinking, well, what, what am I doing about all of that? So, yeah, so I, I, I released capital and I started moving on with my own property portfolio, which I can't say I, I ever regret because the, the most wonderful thing about rental income of course, Robert, is that it goes up with inflation. Yes. So it, it doesn't follow the normal trends of wage increases and other other kind of markers. It will actually follow inflation. And, you know, this is something I do regularly with all of my properties. I have a Google diary note and I will make sure that, for example, if the rent is £800 a month and in six months time, I will make sure I Google it add say 15 pounds 20 pounds a month and increase it you know i i've taught my clients how to do this and also how to approach their tenants themselves if they wish to do that so like you say with having a power team it's not only just about paying people to do things for you but learning from them exactly and i, I made a mention of that in one of our previous podcasts you know about investing when I started investing just in stocks, I didn't know what I was doing, but stocks, a little bit different than property. I can afford to lose $100. That's that's easy. So I, I'm able to take some risk in investing in stocks more so than property. But I got a financial planner that helped pick stocks for me. And I got the free training from them. Hey, why did you pick the stock? Teach me a bit. Got the free training, part of your power team. Why not learn from them? And, Good. and what, what's really nice is having you on the power team is that you're a property investor. You know what we're looking for. You know some of the struggles that we're facing. You, you understand where we're going and what we actually want to do, what our ultimate goal is. So when we come to you and say, this is what I have, what can I do? Here are my properties. You've been in those situations yourself. So it's really nice to have somebody who understands where you're going. I mean, I know talking with sourcing agents previously, when I talk to sourcing agents and find out that they're not an investor, that they're not a property investor, I immediately go to the next sourcing agent because they don't understand me. me. They don't understand what, what I want to do, what I'm looking for. So it's really great to know that you know, as, as a mortgage broker, you're also that property investor. So it can really help from both sides of the equation. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, there's so many of my clients that come to me with general problems. These are UK clients, you know, general problems, as in, again, how, how to approach tenants and things like mm -hmm. that, how to make more money out of the property they've already got. Why work harder, work smarter, that exactly. sort of thing. Um, and, and like you say, how to work harder with the money just sitting in the bank. Money yep. sitting in the bank is a big no-no to us property investors. Yes. You know that. Yep. Uh, lend it to a friend for a few months if you need to yep. whilst you're still building up capital. But at the end of the day, money sitting in the bank is doing nothing. We spoke about that previously as well. As I mentioned, we just closed out on our mortgage uh, two months ago, something like that, with a lot of help from you guys at uh, the mortgage tailors, you specifically. And now that we had the money, 
not necessarily enough to go buy a property in cash, but talking with you, been able to figure out, well, we could look for two cheaper properties further up north and do a portfolio mortgage on that. Or, you know, we can look at other places. What's the minimum, you know, requirements that we need to just buy a, another, maybe an HMO or someplace further south. So you've given us ideas on that and, you know, how to do that. So that's awesome. And that's exactly money sitting in the bank is just, you're losing money if it's sitting in the yeah, bank. Yeah, you, you, you are. And, and, and to touch on what you just said, Robert, yeah, it's, it's kind of, for us, we, we are doing numbers all day long. And I don't mean that is a boring thing. I mean, it's a really interesting thing when we're actually going to create somebody more value, more portfolio strength, more investment power. And so we would, we would rather somebody tell us their story, tell us their situation, um, and then we can say, well, in our 20 years experience, we would do X, Y, and Z. We wouldn't just do X. That's the sort of, like you know with your power team, that's the sort of process that you will get when you, when you instruct professionals to help you. Yep. It's like if you want to go down the gym and you want to get fitter, you just don't go on a machine. You try and work out A to B and you plot your journey. And that's yep. what we do with people. We want to plot a journey. We want to help people get there and continue on, of course. Um, it, and what's nice is it's not just your experience that you're playing from as well. It's how many clients do you have that you've seen over the last 10 years, 20 years? What are their journey? What have they done? So you're pulling stuff that you've seen your clients have done, plus your experience, putting it all together. So when we go to you and ask you advice and say, this is what we got, it's just not your experience. You're pulling much more than your 20 years experience. You're pulling in the experience of you know, 20, 30, 40 other property investors that you've dealt with. Oh, it's, it's, it's a good point because not everyone's the same, Robert. Exactly. You know, everybody's unique. And, and that's why 20 years ago, I called my company the Mortgage Tailor because I wanted people to realize that um, whenever they come and talk to us, we're actually, you know, we, we're going to be tailoring everything, really. There's no such thing as one size fits all. Just to put a plug in for a, you know, one, one of our podcasts a little bit down the road, we're actually going to be talking about, you know, naming your company. People come up all the time. It's like, well, what should I name my company? Should I name it just something like, for me, Phantom Properties? Or should I name it something with meaning? Should I name it something obscure? And I, I love having the, the names with meaning. So like you said, the mortgage tailor, you're offering that tailored experience. For us at Wolfpack, there's a lot of personal reasons behind the name of Wolfpack. But ultimately, it was because it's the pack. The strength of the wolf is the pack. It, we're all about teams. We're all about you know building those proper power teams. So having that name, um, picking that name that means something to you that that really gives something to the clients when they're coming in. So just wanted to throw that that little plug out for future podcasts. Stay tuned and listen. Life goes on. Yep. So now now that we've talked, you you brought up your your company, the Mortgage Tailors. What type of services do you actually offer to your clients? Um, yeah, I, uh, I can't stress enough, really, that we as brokers, we, we are there in the beginning, we are there in the middle, 
and we're always there at the end. So sometimes a UK customer says, oh, how much do you charge? And you say, well, yeah, I, I charge less than the solicitor. And they say, oh, okay, that's good. But I say, I'll be, I'll be here in the beginning and I'll be here in the end. There's no real solicitor in, in the beginning. There's all agents. And then in the middle, there's no agents because they think the deal's done. Yep. There's only solicitors. We tend to be there every step of the way. And that's why I think we're value for money. I know it sounds cheesy, but <laughs> we are value for money. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll go and agree with you there. I mean, our, our personal mortgage that we did, we started back November 2020, I think it was. We got the first valuation done. We got the in-principle offer mid in December. And the official offer beginning of February, I think it was. And it wasn't until beginning of October, end of September, beginning of October that we actually closed on it. So nine, nine to 10 months doing it. Uh, and you, you, you guys are there the entire way telling us what the banks, what the lenders solicitors were looking for, how to address the lenders solicitors. So you were there from the beginning, the middle and at the end. Yeah, thank you, Robert. I, I um, we take praise where praise is due, and uh, <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you, um, your, your situation was quite complicated, and the property you were buying wasn't straightforward. Um, good investment, and you know the good investments they're, they're they're always worth waiting for anyway. But in your situation, yes, we had to hang on in there and satisfy what the bank wanted. Yes. And I guess we can come on to that a little bit in a minute about the banks and things like that. But your situation got more and more complicated over those nine months. And like you say, if I went on holiday and said, yeah. Robert's done, Robert's got an offer on, on, on the table. He doesn't need me. I don't have to answer the phone anymore. Yeah. Then, then the deal would never have completed and you would never be happy and have the money in the bank and have started to move forward with everything yeah. and and then and then you and i wouldn't be talking about the next deal and the next yep. deal so, so I mean, yeah, I, we we, yeah. we like to be there yeah i mean like i said at the very beginning that's why i thought i was like okay you guys got the deal to us you know solicitor sent us the documents to fill out okay great filled it out sent it back to the solicitors then you came in it's like you might want to pull that back because this one you need to do this 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 area Let's look at what you, you're going to want to put this down in there, you know, give a little bit more detail, do, do this. I thought, okay, I can fill it out all myself, but no, you actually came back and probably saved us some time in certain areas, but unfortunately, yeah, the whole COVID issue, the multiple um, searches that they've required, the fixing of it, some issues, it was just, it just kept dragging on and on and on. But luckily for us, that you know the additional nine months caused us to get a second valuation done on the property, which actually raised the value to of the property to what we originally thought it was, instead of the low offer that we got during the middle of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so bright side to it. Very, very true. Very true. And right. um, again, we we that's what we love about our job, really, because everything every every customer is different. Every experience is different. And from it, like you've said before, we only take knowledge. We only suck in more and more knowledge. Your situation became rather complicated. 
And especially when you're sending papers from where you live over to us, mm-hmm. you, you know, you're talking 10 to 12 days roughly. Yeah. And that, that time frame is just killing solicitors' work yeah. and flexibility as you go down the line. And when we get on the phone to the solicitors and say, oh, you must have that paperwork by now because Robert's told us you've got it, mm-hmm. then the solicitor wakes up again. And, you know, it's just about having somebody in your corner. And like I say, I think that's why we, we, it's a pleasure to start the journey and get to the end. That's most important, of course. Exactly. Now, you did bring up a good, a good point previously about the bank and what they're actually wanting to see. So from your, your point of view, from the broker's point of view, what is it that lenders actually want? And I'll, I'll actually follow that up with a, another question in a minute. But what is it that brokers want to see? Yeah, no, um, criteria, as you said, yeah, Robert. Yes. Um, yeah, the, the, the criteria is slightly different with all banks. But don't get me wrong. They, they, there, aren't, there aren't 20 banks out there and we're sort of hiding them and don't want to talk about them. That's, that's just mythical. As soon as somebody comes to us and they fit this criteria with this bank because they're the best interest rate, then we will tell them. It's, it's as simple as that. We, we, we have no favorites. We have, they're, they're all as slow as each other when it comes to paper applications because, of course, they're paper applications because it's an international client. So you won't pass the computer credit score straight away. You haven't been in the UK for three years. So there is no credit scoring in the beginning. It's eyes on from an underwriter who is going to look at the case. So we need to know before we put it with which lender about their criteria and how you and your property are going to fit with that bank. And then we'll put it to them. We put it to the wrong one with the wrong information. We are going to waste about a month of your life and a month of ours. It's that slow and laborious, again, because there's no credit score. There's, there's no way of a bank being able to mitigate risk when using an international client, helping an international client, you know? So, so that actually brings up a, the, the second part of the question that I, I want. As an international investor, I know it's difficult to get loans. But from the broker's point of view, from your, your point of view, what are some things that we could potentially do that that could help um, with getting that mortgage? Is there anything landlord experience? Is there you know minimum values or anything that they look more favorably on, especially when it does when it does come to the international investors? Oh, definitely. Um, just like you're doing, Robert, with your power team, you you are setting people up with bank account in the UK. Um, and obviously company first and then bank account. These two, these two essential things. So not only can you transact with the bank account and everything, but you've got a company name, as we spoke before, like the Wolfpack, and you, you've got it set up in order to start trading in the UK. So th- th- that is the basics of the basics. And then, and then once you've got that, we can then start talking about well, what, what property you're looking at based on how much cash have you got now. So if we if we find out that you've got too little cash to buy that property at 200,000, well then the numbers don't work and we we have to help you go back to basics. 
Um, because in, in the UK, you see, the biggest thing that a, a new customer does is they, they contact us first. Before they start offering on property, they say, Robin, what's my maximum? Because, you know, you don't want to know your minimum. Exactly. <laughs> you, want to know what you, you want to know what your maximum is. So w- when we've had that conversation with our customer and we say, oh, OK, so your maximum is £200,000. Excellent. Well, that, that's because we know they've got, for example, 50,000 deposit, 25% roughly. Um, and we're going to help you get that property at 200000 Then we can work out what kind of legal fees, broker fees and everything you would pay. List it all out so you know exactly what to expect. But like you said, Robert, uh, or asked about the whole process, criteria for a bank is a very, very careful thing. And like you say, some people have asked you in the past, could I could I go and apply for a mortgage myself? Not if you're an international customer. It doesn't work like that. We we know the criteria and we also have like you do with your personal banking, a log on. So we have a log on to specialist banks so that we can then find out their sort of small print criteria, interest rates and everything. And then it's our job to interpret that and put it into plain English so that our customer has no surprises. And this journey from A to B, they know what to expect along the way. But in general, Robert, bank statements, wage slips showing your income from your employer. So, you know, there are some general things that you would expect back in your home country to show a bank to get a loan, right? And uh, a breakdown of assets and liabilities, stuff like that. So not not to put you on the spot or anything here, um, I, I know for international investors, as compared to local UK citizens, the interest rates that we get are usually completely different, a lot higher, in fact, um, especially for those of us just starting out. Not not really having a portfolio, not really having, uh, like you said, a credit score in the UK, limited landlord experience. Are, are you able to sort of talk about currently what what people are seeing locals as compared to international investors in terms of interest rates? Uh, again, not to put you on the spot here, but I, I think our listeners might want to know. And for everybody, this is mid-November 2021. So if you're coming back listening to this at, at a later date, these these exchange rates are they, they do change quite often. So but this is just for those listeners coming in, give give you guys an idea of what what to expect as an international investor. I was I was very pleased you were putting that little caveat in there, Robert, because uh you know when when we ever advertise any in, in interest rates or anything, we obviously have to draw people's attention to when those interest rates were listed. Correct. Yep. But but of course, um, there's no secrets in the way I do business, uh, in, in the way my colleagues do business, because the rates are available if you qualify. Mm-hmm. So, for example, a UK individual with a limited company could pay something between, if they've only got one property, they're not a portfolio landlord with several, then they can go down as low as 2.5% roughly. Now, when you start doing a limited company in the UK, which is the best advice, limited company and you start buying more than one property, you are then paying 3.5% or more. 
So when we quote to international clients 4.5%, it is not very far away from where a UK individual is going to pay either because mm. the banks are not stupid. They, they know they can get an extra percent profit yep. out of it, people who are taking advantage of limited company setup. Yep. And may I, I know these rates that, you, that you've actually quoted you know, for us, you know, four and a half percent, that, that's great. When we were starting out back in 2016, 2017, international investors were getting like nine and 10, you know, eight and nine percent interest rates. I know when we spoke initially, I think it was early 2018, the first time I, I spoke with you, yeah, you, you had mentioned 7.8% was one of the better rates that you were able to, to get international investors with limited properties, limited landlord experience, limited credit history in the UK, assuming they were going through a limited company. But now oh. it's, yeah, I know a lot of people are getting, you know, for their first mortgage quotes, somewhere between four and a half and five and a half percent right now, depending on lender. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I, do you know what? The market has changed, or I would say the market's changed. I would say what me and my colleagues have done is to literally go to certain banks and say to them, look, I, I want to put this customer with you because they fit the criteria and the small print we've read on your, on your website. And w w when we use the bank, especially for yourself, Robert, we've been using them for about six months already. And the whole international community have been starting to wake up to the fact that there was no longer just Together Home Loans and Octopus. Yep. You know, I was, I was having Hong Kong clients come to me and saying, please don't say the word Octopus 10%. That's, that's where we were three years ago, 10% yeah. with Octopus. And all right, pe people were buying property. But but it it doesn't mean it doesn't mean we earn anymore, and it doesn't mean it was it was great for the customer. It was the bank earning more money. So we we decided as a collective, we said we we are going to kind of break down this wall. And we even asked standard lenders like High Street Barclays or something like that. We would say, come on. In having meetings with managers, we were saying, come on, why don't you lend to these international customers they put down big deposits they're only buying properties that work on the yield so security is everything they all use estate agents in the uk they don't self-manage myself and some other landlords i know we self-manage so we have a day job we have a night job we have a self-managing job <laughs> we do we do everything ourselves so for the bank when you put an estate agent in place who's got you know call out service plumbers everything that's a very safe bet. Tenants will always keep renting that property because there's backup. There's people that will yep. come and help them out. So I, um, I said to a high street lender, I said, come on, you know, wh why won't you do this? And they just, they just said, you know, it's just they don't have the systems in place. They can't credit score you with a computer and then say, yep, you pass and then go to stage two, stage three survey, mortgage offer. It doesn't happen. So we got talking to these other lenders, uh, specialist lenders, and just saying, okay, what's the minimum criteria? And like we were discussing, 100K loan, property's worth 120, 130K minimum, things like that. That was their threshold of pain. 
So in order, in order to do a deal like for yourself for nine months, they would say the pain threshold was, was 100 and something K. So by approaching these lenders and saying, come on, we think they're going to fit with you. We've brought two or three extras on board. And by, like I say, it's, it's, it's no secret. Other companies have started to use them now. But we're very, we're very proud, Robert, to say that we, we just weren't throwing octopus at everybody. Yeah. And, you know, more, more lenders on the market, more competition, rates go down as we're, as we're seeing. Yeah. Even, even together have dropped their loans by almost a percent since before COVID. And, and hey, that's great because if you don't, if you can't adhere to the minimum purchase value or you want less than a hundred thousand, we can still do it. It's just going to cost you a bit more. But then, like we said, mature landlords, let's get you on a journey from year one to year three. Then your company has like a credit score in the UK, a limited company. They see it trading. They see it making money. Um, they see that you're not drawing out all of the rent all the time. Do you know what yep. I mean? It's, it's stable. And then we have some other options where we would try and move you to a better deal, regardless of the loan amount. So, so for us, it's also a journey. We don't want to just talk about right. 7% in year one, right? You know, let's talk exactly. about 7%. And in three years' time, let's talk about something lower. Exactly. And one of the things I know we spoke about, we sort of mentioned it earlier, is that portfolio mortgage as well. So for, for some people, they like to invest up north. Not not so much in Scotland, but further up north towards Newcastle, Stoke-on-Trent, some of those places where property prices are sixty thousand pounds, seventy thousand pounds. You know, they're below that hundred twenty, hundred thirty thousand threshold that the lenders are requiring. But with you know, you brought it up to me previously. You could potentially consider a portfolio mortgage in which you can take two of those lower cost properties and package them sort of under one mortgage, correct? Correct. And that's that's something that I've mentioned to investors that like you say, it's kind of an eye-opener. And they they think, oh wow, okay, because I I want to buy more than just one anyway. Yes. Um and if we can do it under the one loan agreement, as we call it, mm -hmm. uh, you still got two titles on the two properties, but one loan agreement across them is is very valuable because you you you're moving forward on your journey twice as fast. Yep, and that's sort of what we're looking at right now to do. Um, take the money we got from from our mortgage, from our refinancing of our HMO, put it into two lower cost housing up north. So potentially two seventy thousand pound properties. So it's one hundred forty thousand pounds altogether. It meets that minimum threshold, and at the end of the day, we can get two properties for roughly about forty five thousand, fifty thousand pounds. Plus, still have money left over for uh, renovations and and the uh, obviously solicitor stamp duty, all that other fun stuff that you got to throw in there. That's it. Again. I would have never known something about that if you know if I hadn't had you uh, or another mortgage broker on the power team that was willing to discuss these options with their clients or who may have actually tried it themselves. Precisely. So. Um, 
I, I, I enjoy these conversations, Robert, because for, for me, talking to international customers, again, going back to when I was young and dumb, as they say, mm. you know, that, that, I'm talking about myself. Yeah. Oh, no, no, <laughs> I've I, been there. <laughs> and, I, and I had to go into the, off, the next door office to my colleague because I, I only could sell, I only had a license then for car insurance and home insurance mm. sales. So I had to go to the next office to my colleague who had a mortgage license. Woo. And uh, yeah, he, he says, oh, you know, your interest rate, Robin, in 1999 was 7.5%. Um, I said, wow, 7.5%. That's, that's really low. <laughs> 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 and so I started out with 7.5%. And, and, and away you go. You know, this is, this is how you buy a property, mm. he said. So it's been really cool talking to people from all walks of life um, and it's been really cool how I got into this onto this journey with international customers because uh, a friend of mine was abroad and asked for help and then they'd also heard of legacy uh, one of those training platforms yep. and then um, one, one of my friends uh, one of my customers in the UK I'd helped to build a small portfolio he started working for Legacy, and and I thought, okay, well, I, I I don't understand it. I don't. Un so she had to yeah. explain all about that side of the, the fence for all the international people, yep. and then of course, so then I understood where they were coming from and wanted to invest in the UK, and then of course they start talking to me, and they understand how you do it on this side of the fence. Yep. So that was that was really cool. How you know just. Yeah. coming into it by accident really yep. that actually goes great into sort of the next point we sort of want to discuss um i mean we hear all the time i mean I, i'm a member of a lot of different property groups in, in uk property groups even in our group here in singapore of property investors other investors we always hear all the time it's like well why do I need to take training? Why do I, you know, I can learn everything I want to learn about property investing on YouTube, or I can go buy Robert Kiyosaki's book on property investing or any of these other big name books on property investing. I can learn everything I want from that. Why do I need training on property investing? And it, we sort of fear the same thing when it comes to specialty skills as well. Why do I need a mortgage broker? Why can't I do it myself? I mean, I got the name of the lenders. I can go. I have an HSBC a bank account. Why can't I just go to them to get a you know, buy-to-let mortgage on our property? I mean, we've sort of touched on it a bit already, you know, and a lot of the discussion so far about there's just so much more that you're able to offer. But you know, if you could really sum up in sort of just a few words, why, why should I go to you instead of do it myself? I should preface it as well. A lot of the times when people are saying this, it's not so much that they don't want to hire you, but a lot of times it's, why should I spend money to hire you? I, I'm trying to cut costs. I've already spent 15, 20,000 pounds on renovations. I'm spending 100,000 pounds on that. I, I can cut you know, your fee out and save myself some money by just doing it myself. It's nice and easy. I can go do it myself. So a lot of times when you hear this, it's about saving money. That's what we get as well, especially property investment training. They're all, most of them are expensive. I think we overpaid when we went to do our training. Great training. I wouldn't trade it for anything, but um, because training is important, 
people want to save money, but why should they go to you instead of doing it themselves to save your fee? To to jump in there, yeah, I I I was shocked when my friend at training company told me what people pay. Yes, and I was thinking, wow, you know, if if you could buddy up with somebody like Robert or or come and see yeah. me in England for a couple of weeks, you know, yep. honestly, you 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 would learn so much more from somebody like myself who's an experienced investor, mm-hmm. and also. I understand from both sides of the fence what what it takes to invest and what you need to invest and the Mm -hmm. process. So the process is so important to get it right from the start. So if somebody thinks they can fill in applications and submit them and get it right, that's one thing if you live in the UK. Uh, if, If you're coming from abroad and you have no credit file in the UK, you, you, you just can't do it without us anyway. Like I said earlier, for our fee, which might cost you the price of a kitchen sink um, in the property, <laughs> for, for, our, for our fee, you know, you're, you're getting months and months of input, months and months of knowledge. And I remember when I went to Spain looking for property before the 2007-ish crash, where you know Spanish property just was cut in half overnight quite scary really so i i was i was over in spain and i was thinking well i surely i can do a mortgage for spain and i looked around the uk and there weren't really any banks wanting to lend in spain and i was thinking wow really this is this is from personal experience now so i had to pay a broker imagine that um it's 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 like a solicitor having to pay another solicitor i mean that would never happen would it so um no so I, I i had to pay a broker to to look at my application and take my bank statements and wage slips and, and look at everything to, to 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 assess my case before i went looking at property so even though you think you might know everything or you think you might be able to be brilliant at the language um you, you you're not you're not going to do what the experts do right sadly what's the, you know you see those cartoons all the time you get what you pay for sort of thing you have the artist who does like you know picasso paintings the rembrandt paintings you know the mona lisa over here you know because you pay that price you know you pay for the artist to do it but then it's like oh i want to save money so i want to hire you but I want to pay you a fraction of what your going rate is. So you get the little smiley face. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, so you get what you pay for. And I, honestly, when we talked about this before starting the show, but when we, when we started the, the mortgage application, and I mentioned that I, I filled out one of the files that the lender solicitors wanted us to fill out. And we had to actually send the hard copy, notarized copy over to the UK to do it. And they need you know, time sensitive sort of thing. So I filled it out, actually sent it over to you. And you told me, no, you need to do this. Let's put this into this block. Had I had sent that over without going through you, ch- having you check those files out because I thought I knew how to fill it out, mm. it was 70 pounds. It was a hundred sing dollars to send that stuff via DHL to get it to get it there within two, you know, two days. Otherwise, I could have snail mailed it. It would have taken two to three weeks or longer. 
And just that little bit, if you hadn't helped me, I would have sent it over. The lenders would have looked at it and said, you forgot this. And then not only would I be out the 70 pounds for it, but I would also be out, or the 100 sing, I would be out the 20 sing that I used to get the solicitor's stamp of you know, certified true copies and stuff on it or signature verification. So it, the money just keeps adding up and adding up. And, and, and a lot of these UK properties are, they're, they're sort of time sensitive, aren't they? Yes. The whole reason that they're going for a lower price, because we, us, us UK people want an international investor to come in and say, yeah, fine, um, I'll get my mortgage within about eight weeks. I'll do the legal work at the same time. So everything ma- matches up at the end after, say, eight, 12 yeah. weeks, roughly. And, uh, and, and that's why that's the only reason why somebody would entertain a lower offer than, than a British person who might mess about and not get enough money and then offer a silly offer at the end when they know they can't get enough money and a lot of messing about happens but i think that's why people love dealing with the international market because it should be less messing about and and just just to clarify what you you were talking about there was when you deal with specialist banks not only do you the customer have a solicitor help you buy the property because you want to make sure that property has a clean title, um, is, is saleable by that person because they own it, that there are no major issues that have been registered on that property. But also the bank has their own solicitor as well. Now, this is only with specialist banks because specialist banks can't send the money without having everything, all the T's crossed and the I's dotted because they can't get burnt because all the money... Yep is borrowed they've borrowed the money as well you know from from (laughs) private investors and stuff like that so these specialist banks have to have their own solicitor check everything out that your solicitor's doing and when they're happy they'll send the the money to your solicitor but only when they're happy Mm -hmm. so like you said you had a ton of paperwork (laughs) that that you've never seen before in your life we've seen many times that came from the bank solicitor and your, your own solicitor is not going to help you with that. Because, exactly. You know, or they'll charge you $500 an hour to do it. Correct. They'll say our fee will be this per hour, £80 an hour, £90 an hour. You send it to me. I did it as part of my normal day because I want to see Robert get from A to B. Job done. No problem. No charge. Yep. So, yeah, I mean... There's there's a lot of stuff that you guys bring to the table that we just don't know. I mean, as uh, again, going back to Robert Kiyosaki, everybody knows him. Uh, we talked about in a previous podcast, he has built a team and he has stated in one of his books that if he's the smartest guy at the table in any one subject, he has the wrong people around him. He, he hires people to do the specific job. He knows what needs to be done. He and he can understand what these guys are doing, but mm. they're the experts. That's what he's hired them for, and they yeah, do I it do. well. You say you said earlier it cost you a lot of money to go on a training course. Yes, um, you are then not going to spend another four years of your life going on a broker training course, a solicitor's yep. training course, exactly. an agent's training course, when it can ch- cost you a few hundred pounds for each specialist. Yep. You, you chalk it up to a tax deductible exactly on, on your business setup on yep. purchase 
and uh, you know you you've you've got all of that knowledge in days months instead of exactly. years that you throw away thinking oh well I, I i could have bought property by now and it could have risen in value or something yep. <laughs> you know exactly so i see it yeah Find so i'm looking at the time i i uh, we are approaching sort of that that magical 45 minute time time limit that we were looking at keeping to we've talked about there we could probably talk for days on some of the stuff that you guys are able to offer the current state of the market you know lending market there um support for international investors which we'd love to bring you back on another show um later day possibly even a facebook live or some other live video session where we could have actually have listeners ask you questions um if you would be open to that but before we leave just want to see do you have any last comments any last advice or anything that you want to mention to the listeners well, as we're pushed for time, and like you say, we all have day jobs. Yep. Um, I, I would, I would simply say, power team is is something I never heard of before. Before I started dealing with international mm-hmm. customers, but of course, when I looked back at my UK team, I thought, yeah, of course, I have my go-to plumber, my go-to electrician, estate mm-hmm. agent, um, somebody to advertise to let out my property. So I have all of that. And I never really thought to myself how important that was. So dealing with international customers for about three years now, um, four years, I would say it's helped me focus back on my power team as well and give them a good kick up the arse and say, you're earning money from me. So please continue to keep doing a good job. Yes. Or work a bit harder. Exactly. Help me. Yep. Do Help me get there. So. Definitely. Yeah, we really appreciate you being on the show, taking the time out of your busy schedule. Because, like you said, you got your day job that you got to do. Um, you, you have your personal, you know, investments that you're also managing. You got your personal life. So I know lots of stuff's going on on your side. So taking the time out of the days, you know, greatly appreciate it. I'm sure our listeners gotten a lot of information from this podcast when, well, when they do listen to it, and. Uh, so for any listeners out there, if you guys want to know more or have questions that you want answered or just want to talk to Robin to see maybe how he could help you, please go to our website, wpconsultingsg.com. Uh, drop us a note. The link to the website will be in the show notes. So please go to the website, drop us a note, and we will get you in touch with Robin. You can leave a comment on the podcast as well. And again, we'll, we'll push that over to Robin, get them in contact with you um, to help you out, answer your questions. Thank you again for joining us uh, on the podcast, Robin. Greatly appreciate it. We look forward to having you on another podcast in the hopefully near future. My pleasure. Thank you for to our listeners for spending the time. I know this is longer than our normal podcast, but Hopefully you got a lot out of this, Um, understand a little bit more on what mortgage brokers do, how they can help you and why you want to have a mortgage broker in your power team, especially if you are considering a international property investment journey. Join us two weeks as we give you more tips and information to help you become financially free. As always, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review this podcast See you next time and have a great week ahead.